Welcome back to another Youth Centered podcast. We're excited today to have three wonderful young people that have been doing some great work and going to be continue to do some great work. Two of them are former members of our Youth Center here. We have Kyle White and Brendan Miller. And our third guest today is our newest member of the Youth Center, Jenny Santos, who's Kyle's girlfriend, who also was on the trip and in this initiative with these guys here. So welcome. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having us, Rick. Why don't we start off a little introductions? Obviously, um, you guys have grown up. You've been a little out of the, the mainstream of the community the last few years. So uh, why don't you give us a little bit about yourself and what you guys are doing right now? Yeah, thank you. Uh, this is Kyle. Thank you so much for having us, Rick. Uh, we really appreciate it. We appreciate all the help uh, you know that you've provided during this uh, fundraising effort for for us. So um, you know, over the past you know few years since graduating from North Andover, uh, went to UMass Amherst, graduated in May. Great experience. Uh, thrived on the intramural basketball court. Um, and since then, I've been working um, at Oracle after we went on our trip to Ecuador in June. Uh, I've been working at Oracle for six, seven months, really enjoying it and uh, getting a good start to the professional career. Awesome. B? Yeah, so this is Brendan. Um, yeah, so I've lived in North Andover all my life, went to North Andover High School, just recently graduated UMass Lowell, and I'm also starting my professional career. This coming week, I'm going to start um, working at Oracle as well, so... Nice. And our third guest is, uh, I think she's probably the brightest of the three. Uh, but Jenny Santos didn't grow up here in North Andover, but uh, who is Jenny Santos? <laughs> so I grew up in Winchester, um, but I met Kyle at UMass Amherst, where I also went to school. Um, graduated this past May and also working at Oracle as well. So, you know, the three of us are doing, doing it all together. And as you can tell, the podcast is now sponsored by Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Kyle, why don't you get us started off with, uh, how did you guys, even get involved with this we movement what is the we movement and uh, take us from the beginning yeah sure so you know i mean going forward in life we we've kind of always wanted to help but we didn't know exactly how so this was a really good opportunity that presented my father's brother jonathan who's my uncle and his wife shelly sit on the board of we charity which is a canadian-based nonprofit. Uh, they do work in the united states as well and really what they focus on in their we uh, villages pillar is kind of creating sustainable development in third world countries. So luckily for us, you know, my uncle um, and, and me have had a pretty good relationship where we've talked about doing something and the time presented itself, you know, the people, obviously Jenny and Brendan being two of the closest people in my life, um, and we got to go to Ecuador and, and have this experience. Yeah. Jenny, take us, um, I, I think you were there for two weeks. You went, uh, this was June 2018. Um, tell us a little bit about what the service project was like once you landed uh, in Ecuador. Yeah, so we started off um, working in the Chimborazo region of the Andes Mountains. Um, one of the large focuses of our trip was building schools in um, remotely located communities. So one of them um, was called Chuid. It was had a very large indigenous um, population. So we were working <clears throat> with that community um as this was um, one of the poorest communities that we did see um, so we were personally really struck by that community and then after that we moved over to the amazon and worked in um, the tena region where um, we were also focused on building schools that's awesome what was uh brendan what was an average day like oh wow so i mean we we had some long days over there we were waking up at 6 30 right at the crack you know right at the crack of morning and we were getting right to it um, we would go to the, the build sites, the work sites in the different communities, um, just just doing labor, but not by ourselves, with the community members as well. 
I mean, you were you were seeing mothers with babies on their back, you know, and, and shovels in their hands or cinder blocks over their head right beside us the whole time. So, I mean, most of the days, uh, the earlier starts to the days, we're just, you know, just work, work in the work in the field. And then the later part of the day was um, mostly geared towards reflection and what this work means and, you know, what we can do with it moving forward, how we, how we can actually make a change. Wow. I mean, you guys sent me some pictures, um, obviously, when we met. Um, and, you know, one of the things I was struck by was uh, the way the kids seemed to rally around you, all the smiles and things like that. Um, tell me a little bit about the Ecuadorian people. How are they? You know, what's some things that we might not know about them? And everything from maybe the climate to the cuisine down there. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, the people were some of the best people we've ever had the privilege of meeting you know, obviously they're, you know, in systematic poverty over there, but they have a smile on their face and they have a good attitude and something good to say about you. Oh, you know, and not always in English. So it's, it's tough, but you know, the, the thing was we communicated through different means of, of, of communication. We worked together side by side. We talked together. We laughed together. We ate together. The cuisine, uh, was pretty good. Honestly, we had, we tried some koi, which is, guinea pig which is the national food of ecuador really? uh we we got you know privilege of trying a, a lot of different foods not all i can say i'll be having tonight for dinner mm -hmm. uh you know but the kids themselves were really the spark of our day i will say i did have a couple hat tricks during the you know soccer games on the breaks uh from working but you know i had to i had to provide there for my team but the kids were amazing um you know obviously they are not fortunate enough, you know, to go to school like us every day and to have a home to go back to every day, it doesn't matter. Their attitude is all that matters and that's what they have. And so we're just trying to help them a little bit so that they can help themselves moving forward and have a better life. We, we the four of us met um, before Christmas to talk a little bit about the new venture that you're going to be looking at. But I want to talk to, you know, Jenny, when you boarded that plane, but coming back to the States uh, and you guys did a lot of reflecting during the trip, what, what did you... What were you thinking? Like, what did it make you, what did you get out of this? Yeah, so I mean, going off of what Kyle said, I think the people that we met just had the largest impact um, on, you know, as we were reflecting, it, we just decided that after meeting some of these people, there was no way we really couldn't take action. Um, these people were living in incredible poverty, um, but every time we went to the community, every single time, they welcomed us in as if we were family. I mean, they offered us food, drinks, I mean, whatever they could offer um, with the very little that they had to offer, um, they were willing to give and take us in. Um, and it was just incredibly humbling to see them living in such, um, you know, struck by poverty and poor circumstances, but um, they were happy, they were, you know, seemingly you know living their best lives and we um obviously are very fortunate to live in the united states um and not have to deal with the systematic inequalities that they're dealing with um so i think that just was um, something that we took with us and decided we want to take action on now that we're home that's incredible i'd like to ask all three of this so you can go one after another um maybe we'll start with you kyle um how did the experience change you yeah so i mean as jenny mentioned um brendan alluded to earlier we came home and we didn't know exactly what to do, but we knew that there was some part of us that changed because we couldn't just continue living uh, in such a capitalist society, which, you know, we have no problem. We all work at Oracle, but not giving back, right? That's the big thing. We have the ability to give back. Um, we're so fortunate. And so that's just a realization to me. 
was okay you know we saw this firsthand we you know we we can't just continue forward without changing something and and helping others and especially in the people that we met we were so lucky to go um so to me it was a realization um you know and that's that's what changed and that's what's you know kind of brought us here today jenny what how did it change you yeah, I think, um, you know, as we came back home, it just made, you know, made us more fortunate and we were very humbled by the experience. Um, and I think it also made us realize that it's so easy to go on, you know, oftentimes you can see people, they'll go on a trip like this, um, but we get so caught up in our day-to-day lives that we kind of forget to reflect on this experience or um, realize that, you know, we are so fortunate and there are people out there who are living with, um, you know, much worse circumstances and they are, you know, doing incredible things as well. So I think... We wanted to, you know, remember this um, day to day and do our best to, you know, live our, you know, continue our lives, do our day to day, but then also do our best to help people um, who are not as fortunate. So, um, yeah, I think I think it was just an incredibly humbling experience and we wanted to continue and keep that mentality as we go. So well said. How about you, B? Um, Well, to be honest, I mean, we came home and it was the first time in my life I had been, you know, confronted with such explicit poverty. So to come home and realize where that line is drawn between the haves and the have nots, you have to you have to reflect and you have to say, you know, like, how, how does it end up like this? And what what can we do in our lives? What can we change to maybe help alleviate what what's going on in some of these places? So to to come home, come back to the States, you know, get in my house, I have a nice like, a nice house that you can just live in all the like we have food all around us into to take that in and say you know there are so many people that aren't that do not have these you know these these first world amenities and you know it was it was very it was it was a great feeling to know that we we can make a change moving forward it's incredible uh once you guys got back uh summer of 2018 you started to think about you know, doing more than just that one trip to Ecuador. Take take me through that whole process. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we we kind of caught some steam here, rolling forward with uh, with the fundraising efforts, um, and we've just enjoyed it. You know, it's so fulfilling to be honest with us, and you know, so fortunate to make these relationships. You know, we've gotten closer, uh, Rick. Um, you know, by meeting over this and brainstorming how we can you know raise some money to actually make a change, um, and so moving forward, we're thinking. Potentially, you know, obviously we want to hit our goal first and that's where our focus is right now. But we're thinking maybe we go to um, another pillar of where uh, we actually focuses their efforts on in Kenya next summer uh, to do the same type of thing for another couple of weeks uh, and then come back next summer and, and, and make a change as well. Great. So in terms of um, you and I was blown away when you kind of told me that you could build a school for ten thousand dollars in Ecuador and uh you had initially had a goal of maybe raising five thousand, and I kind of told you you should be trying to raise ten thousand. That I think you—that's a number that you can kind of do. And we're going to talk a little bit about how you're doing that. Um, but you decided that listen, I, I'm not just going to sit here in the states. I'm gonna—I'm going to continue to work on this. And your goal was to to raise some money. So um, I got to watch a great interview done by a up and comer Sam Murray at the at na cam um if you don't know sam people you need to check him out he does some great work i've been watching some of his stuff with the the super bowl champs and some of the work he's doing down at na cam and um he did a great job with you guys i I enjoyed the interview i enjoyed 
um, how he included a lot of great video, which kind of really, to me, showed people what you guys were really doing down there and, and all those smiles and things like I said on that. So uh, that was a chance for you to kind of talk about your project, some awareness, and then first kind of talk about some of your um, fundraising efforts. So talk to me first about this uh, big fundraiser happening on February 23rd at the world-famous Clatter in Lawrence. Yeah, so we um, we were trying to brainstorm, you know, some ways that we can fundraise to build this school. Um, and we wanted it to be, you know, a way to build awareness, but also just have a fun time raising money for a good cause. Um, and we figured that hosting a fundraiser at the Clado was a great way to bring people together, raise awareness, but also have a great time. So um, we're selling tickets. We have rented out a room at the Clada, um, hoping, you know, that all of our friends, family, um, the community can join us. Um, tickets are $15 and then we're all going to gather. We'll have raffles, um, a DJ, and we figured this would just be a great opportunity to kind of, um, you know. What's, what's the interest been level? You got a lot of people saying they're coming down on the, um, on the, on the event. Yeah, the interest is huge, to be honest, Rick. Uh, people are coming. They're happy. They're excited about it. We're going to have, basically, you know, what we're what we're foreseeing is a great, great night for a great cause. And everyone just kind of a big reunion around the Merrimack Valley area uh, for people to get to see each other that haven't seen each other for a number of years. So it kind of is, a you know, to us is a win on all fronts. It's going to be a really good time. Absolutely. And uh, if people want to go, you uh, definitely can buy tickets. Uh, the Clatter is located at 399 Canal Street in Lawrence. It's a great event room. I've been to a number of different functions there. Um, and for $15, you can have a great night. And I think it'll be great to have a lot of your friends come back and, and family. And I think it's going to be great. So hopefully much success with the event piece. Let's talk a little bit about the GoFundMe page, which um, we talked about as, as probably an easy way to kick things off. And uh I've been checking that, uh, that thermometer, and it, that's uh, had some nice money come in so far. Yeah, so we are already a little overway ha um, over half our goal. So we, I think we're at around $2,600. Um, on the GoFundMe, we have a goal of 5000 but as you mentioned, overall goal is 10000 to build this school. Um, so we figured this is the best way to you know kick things off. Um, seen a lot of people, you know, people we haven't reached this, you know, spoke with in a while, everybody kind of coming together um, to help raise that money. So I'm hoping, you know, by the time we get to the Clada event, we'll be nearing that $5,000 goal on the GoFundMe. Um, and between the event, raffle, and a few other things um, that we have in store, hoping we can, you know, um, get to that final goal of $10,000 and build the school. Absolutely. And uh, both B and uh, Kyle being former North Andover basketball players, uh, you worked with Coach Tanglis um, to be able to do a 50-50 raffle night on, on a big night. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so Tanglis has been, you know, awesome. So I've uh, been working with him recently. We're actually, so we've raised money locally, uh, over $300 worth of gift cards, uh, a few different restaurants, Burton's, The Loft, uh, Casablanca, um, Denrock Liquors. So we're going to have a big raffle basket uh, that we're raffling off um, on the 15th of February when the Knights take on Andover and, you know, your last podcast member, Jake McElroy, gets on for his thousandth point. We'll be there at the table raffling off the tickets, uh, the big gift basket. Uh, and, and it's just, that's another point, you know, Tanglis, and uh, that's, that's great what he's done for us. We've, we've talked about it and just seeing the community kind of come out and help us with this project has been extremely humbling. February 15th is uh, senior night. It's also the night that Jake will be honored for his thousandth point. We're expecting a big crowd. And uh, for all those coming, um, stop by and see uh, the Wii Movement Table and the 50-50 raffle. And uh, it's going to be a great night for everybody, including you guys on that. Um, 
let's take it you know after the gofundme page is is done after the raffles done at the knights game and then obviously the big event at the clatter uh, hopefully you raise as much money as possible Ten thousands a goal be great if it could even be more than that what happens with that money how's that go from there um, so we actually, we're working directly with the, we organization, as we said prior, and they have an account set up where this money is going to a hundred percent of all the money is going to go directly into the build, into the project. Um, they, they have it worked out in a way where, um, we can track our progress and how much we've, we have going on for that. So, yeah, that's great. Now you guys, uh, Kyle kind of alluded that maybe even, um, doing another venture in the future uh, to maybe even a country like Kenya. Um, for the three of you, um, is is this raising money for the school the end for you? Or is the experience that you've had, is that going to carry on for you to do other things like maybe what Kyle said? Yeah, I'd say it's definitely not the end. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, after this trip, I don't think we can ever kind of just go back to being I don't want to say ignorant, but, you know, not really thinking about what's going on in the world. Um, it was such an incredible experience, and it's really at the forefront of our minds um, since we've been on that trip. So um, right now our focus is on building the school in Shuid in Ecuador. Um, we, we picked Shuid specifically as those people where we just, they hold a special place in our hearts. Um, they really do feel like family, so that's our current focus. But um, we do hope to make our way to Kenya. Um, that's kind of what we have on the horizon hopefully so hoping to you know raise this money to build this school and then we hoping hoping to move on to our next project in kenya yeah so with all this talk about shuid i'm sure people are wondering like how did this community get into this position um rick is it cool if i give a little word on the history so what's happening in the community where we want to build a school you're probably wondering how do they how do they not have the funding to build a school themselves so in the chimborazo region of ecuador in the shuid community these this community was actually exposed to informal slavery less than 40 years ago it was uh it was called the hacienda system and it um it happened from the uh the spanish who conquested throughout latin america and so these people were actually in in slavery less than 40 years ago and when they were finally by law freed from this slavery all the land all the fertile land that they could use near the cities um, it was taken by the by the Spanish. They didn't they didn't have uh, much of a choice where to go, and that's actually how they ended up having to flee up into the mountains. It's the only land that they could claim as their own. And since then, um, being indigenous, the the government of Ecuador actually overlooks these communities, doesn't um, doesn't fund them in very many ways. And in the Shuid community uh, specifically. Before we actually took action and started, the We Charity started building schools in the community. Some of these children, their only access to education would have been a drive, probably about an hour away, which there's, you know, give or take at, at one time, maybe one or two cars in the community tops. So there was just no education accessible. So this is, this is why this We Movement is so powerful in this community, and that's, that's how they are in this position where it's a great opportunity for us to help. Wow. Thanks for that historical background. That's, uh, that's really good. Um, with a lot of my podcasts, I'm, I'm hoping that there's a message being sent to our young folks here in North Andover. Uh, and it wasn't long ago to you. You guys were all that young age. Um, any of you can take this question. Message to maybe our young people 
on service projects, experience, um, really giving yourself a little bit out there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a huge piece of our of our journey too. We want young people in our community to be able to see and you know us as people who have gone through the system. We've been here, you know, we've shot the hoops at the youth center, um, and to kind of look and say, oh, you know, wow, they're doing it. We can do it too. Anyone can do it, and it's one of the most important, impactful, powerful things, you know, a human can do is to help another person. I believe that's why we're here on the earth, and especially as a youth, you know, you. Have, you have so much opportunity here with the youth center and with your friends. You know, I, I to me, I you know what I'd say to them directly is just go give it a shot, try because it is seriously the most fulfilling thing personally that I believe you can do at any stage in your life, but especially as a kid getting started in life and, and moving on. That's well said. We have a few minutes left on the podcast right now. I'd like to. We always kind of do this as the final word. Maybe we'll start with B. What's one other thing that you might want to say to our listeners about anything that we've talked about today about this great project? Yeah, so um, I'm going to first talk to our younger listeners. Um, so we're all we're all just graduated from college. And as we talked about earlier, we've always wanted to make a change. And if I had one message just to just to everybody, it's, it, it can happen. You can make it happen. It might not be the right time right now, especially for some of our younger people. We had to wait till. We we're out of college, but if you have the right passions and the right dreams, you can 100% pursue those and the opportunities will come. So, yeah. well said, Jenny. Yeah, I would just, um, I would encourage um, all, all the listeners here, um, everybody to just go out and work with some sort of organization and make some sort of a change. Um, I really do think it's just so easy for us to get so caught up in our daily lives that we kind of forget to reflect on what we have, um, be grateful for what we have. And I think by sometimes working with these organizations, whether it's we or a local charity or any organization, um, it's just a little bit humbling and can bring you back and make you reflect. Um, and just think, you know, think of all the people in this world and, you know, be grateful for what we have and also encourage you to, you know, help the others. Absolutely. Yeah. Just to piggyback off that too, if, you know, obviously this is, this goes without saying, but if anyone wants to reach out to us, especially any youth in, in North Andover, um, I'm sh- just, just contact Rick and he'll get you in touch because we're more than happy to get you involved with the WE movement. Obviously, Jenny said other organizations as well. No matter how you make a change, that it doesn't matter. But we are more than happy to speak with you, meet with you, uh, and get you involved. Absolutely, and I'm glad you said that. And, and obviously, i would be more than happy to be the uh, central location if people need to get in touch with uh, Jenny B or Kyle, we will give you uh, telephone numbers as well as email addresses, and they're they're willing to uh, pay it forward and help you guys also. Uh, we're not reinventing the wheel here. These guys have done this; they're continuing to do great work. Um, also, I uh, want another plug. Remember that we are on Saturday, February twenty third. Uh, the crew is holding a wonderful fundraiser at the Clatter Pub. Um, and for $15, you can have a great night and support this great project. Uh, the GoFundMe page is up and running. Uh, get in touch with me if you need to access how to make a contribution. And obviously, the crew would uh, really appreciate that. And then um, hopefully, we'll see many people at, um, on February 15th at the boys' basketball game uh, with the 50-50 raffle and some of the silent auction items that they're going to have to support this cause. So I want to, I want to thank you all for coming on the podcast. Um, it's been great getting to know you, Jenny. You're, you're a wonderful young woman. Um, hang around with these two. You get extra credit for that. <laughs> Anyways, 
Uh, B and Kyle, and I mean this serious, I've seen you grow up. I'm very proud of the young men that you've become. And um, this whole initiative that you're involved with, uh, I'm just really pumped, not just for what you're doing for Ecuador, but what you're doing for our community. So thank you all for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having us, Rick, honestly. Yeah, thank you so much. This is great. Thank you so much, Rick. Awesome. Next week, we will be having our next uh, podcast, and uh, we're bringing in our high school nurse, um, Laura McDonald, and our middle school, uh, school resource officer, Cam Pramis, and myself. We're going to have a healthy dialogue about an issue that's nationwide a problem now, and it's, it's a problem here in North Andover, and that's vaping. And we're going to talk a little bit about the health perspective of it, as well as hearing from Cam on some of the legalities, illegalities around vaping. Um, and I'll be chiming in with some of my concerns that I have with our young people here that um, may not know enough about vaping. So we'll be talking about that. And as we say in, in every podcast, we always say, too much passion is not enough passion. <laughs>